0: Look at somebody and say, I believe. believe. Look at somebody and say, I believe. believe. We have been looking over the last few weeks, we have been looking at the foundations of our faith. If your foundation is affected, the Bible says the righteous can't stand. If ever you need to stand in faith, if ever you need to stand believing God, you need to stand with solid foundation. And through the years uh, of serving God, I've... I've seen some amazing people that walked with God walk away from the faith. And I've seen some people that we thought would never make it through the night. That have stood for God and turned out to be mighty champions for God. Because the Bible says the race is not to the swift, nor is the battle to the strong. Everything in our life is based on faith. Over the last uh, few weeks, we looked at right, uh, repentance from dead works. And then after that, we looked at this whole concept of faith towards God as we've been looking through the foundations of God's Word. When we think of this word faith, so many times people think faith has a lot to do with what I can receive from God. When faith is not exactly everything about what I can pray and receive from God, faith is about who I believed. Amen. Faith is about who I have believed, who I have known. And when you know somebody, everything about your faith is not being able to believe that person to get what you want. Sometimes you may have a relationship with somebody. You may believe to get something from that person, but you may not get it. But faith is not only about possessing. Faith is about walking with them. Amen. When the Bible says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, which means I will have faith. And I don't fear, I have faith in my heart. Everybody shut it out, faith. faith. Faith is not in what I get. Faith is in who I have put my trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ready for today? Over the last couple of weeks, we looked at faith. We looked at, especially last week, I feel I need to, uh, so that I can take you into today's message, which is going to be the third part in the fundamentals of our faith. We looked at how faith was the foundation of everything we believe. In fact, everything in our life is based on faith. Even science requires faith. Some people say, wait a minute, what do you mean science requires faith? Yes, everybody, we put our faith in what science has uh, looked into or discovered or some principles and all of that. Whether it's science or religion or anything else in our life, everything operates on fundamentals of faith. Now you might say, no, science doesn't operate on faith, it operates on facts. No, it operates on faith in the facts. Is someone listening to me? Faith is not blind. Faith is the the fact that the foundations on which you trust, that is faith. The principles, and those principles may be scientific. Those principles may be scriptural. Those principles may be the constitution of another kingdom. But everything is faith. In fact, you put your faith in your husband or you put your faith in your wife. You put your faith in your children. Everything is faith. Everything in my life, everything in your life operates on faith. Because that faith is connected to principles. And we looked further on. We saw that anybody could grow in that principles of faith. That that faith was simply, in its simplest definition, faith was knowing God. Faith was simply what I believe. You know, when we got married to our spouse... They thought they're marrying a beautiful man, a woman or a, or a, you know, a whatever, a beautiful man or whatever. But actually they were by marrying a faith system, a belief system. When you get married, you're actually marrying a belief system. And the, you spend the rest of your life walking with the, existing with that belief system. Sometimes that costs you, sometimes it's a blessing to you. So faith is simply what we believe. We saw last week. We went on to see that faith came by hearing the word of God. Faith came not just by hearing, but by hearing and accepting or receiving what we heard. We also saw faith came by impartations uh, in our life. Uh, That faith came by impartations and faith came also by praying, being filled in the Holy Spirit. We saw that this faith was different from hope. Because hope is a confident expectation. But faith is not just a confident expectation. Faith is a firm persuasion in I know that I know that I know who I have believed. Hallelujah. That is why hope is based on faith. Faith is not based on hope. Hope comes from my confident expectation comes from my firm persuasion of who I have put my trust in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why we have hope. Faith is the substance or the foundation of things hoped for. If I have no faith, I have no hope. And if I'm a hopeless man, I do not have anything to look forward to. So we saw what all faith did. By faith, they won victories and wars. And by faith, they believed God. And by faith, they they, they conquered kingdoms. and, And they received inheritance. And we saw so many things that faith does. We saw how faith comes into somebody's life, and unbelief comes because of ignorance of a faith in. Unbelief is also faith. It's faith in something else we saw last week. We recapped as we looked at this faith sometimes is dead faith. Some people, a lot of people have faith, but when that faith is not released, we saw that faith can be dead. Dead faith is not the absence of faith. Dead faith is unexercised faith. Amen. Dead faith can also be the absence of faith, but dead faith is primarily unexercised faith. That's why so many Christians, they say, I know I believe, but they don't exercise it. And how can you exercise it unless there is an opposition to that exercise? Some of you, you do weights and you want to, you want to build your muscles, but, but you don't do weights with, by, by dumbbells of faith. You pick up a real weight that goes against what your body wants to do. That faith has to be exercised, we saw. We saw many times how faith needs to be released. And when faith uh, needs to be released, we sometimes feel, I don't have faith. Many of us measure faith with the wrong measures, measuring stick. Many of us measure faith, we saw by, oh, I don't feel like I have faith. That's not the measure of faith. How do I measure if i got faith? But it's not measured by what you're feeling right now because today you feel one thing, tomorrow you feel another thing. And the day after tomorrow, you're not feeling anything. But faith is not measured by that. Why faith is measured by asking the simple questions. Question one, have I heard? Question two, did I receive what I heard? Amen. Question three, am I exercising what I received? Hallelujah. These are the simple foundations of understanding faith. And I, I want to recap these things so that I'll build you build it into what we are going to listen to today. We saw that how faith is so primary. Faith is, the, is foundational. It is the foundation or it's a substance. And if the foundation is gone, everything else in our life, it doesn't add up. God wants us to step out in faith and God wants us to feed our faith we saw. Your faith is very active. Anything active and alive has to be fed. Whatever you feed grows. You feed your doubt, that grows. If you meditate on your doubt, that grows. You meditate on fear, that grows. You meditate on your bank balances running out, that grows. Whatever you meditate on begins to capture your imagination. Maybe imagining, oh, I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. I love the mindset some of these billionaires, you know, they have. Many billionaires are supposed to have gone through banking. And they say that if you have seen a banker billionaire, he doesn't live like a pauper or think like a pauper. He's still thinking like a billionaire. He's still thinking, I know I'm broke today, but hey, tomorrow is coming. That one deal if I crack, one new one. But you don't have no money. You don't need money, he will say. He says, what do you need? You need a mindset. You need a mindset that I know today I'm in the hole. Tomorrow I will be on that throne. Hallelujah. Faith has very little to do with your circumstance. Faith has everything to do with your mindset. It has everything to do. Therefore, if you want to feed your faith, we saw that you have to feed The mindset with the word of God. You have to allow this faith to lead you. You have to allow what you believe to lead you. Most Christians allow what they feel to lead them. I don't feel like God loves me. I don't feel the church loves me. I don't feel these things. You got to allow your faith to feed you. Finally, we saw last week how that the enemy will throw fiery darts at you. What are those fiery darts? Those fiery darts are thoughts. The only weapon the enemy has against you is thoughts. He can whisper into your heart. He can whisper and say, Ah, it's not going to work. Oh, it's all over. You are finished. There is no future. When the devil came against Jesus with thoughts, when he said, It is written. Jesus looked at the devil and said, It is also written. Hallelujah. God wants us to build our faith. Why? Why? Because sooner or later, your faith will be tested. Amen. Today, I want to talk about the testing of your faith. When I say the testing of your faith, I do not mean the testing of whether you will get what you're believing God for. The testing of your faith is not in the whether I will get what I believe God for. The testing of your faith is in the testing of who you believe. Whether your faith in God is rock solid, whether your faith in what God has put you through is rock solid. If you look at James in chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, the Bible says, the Bible says in James 1, 2 to 4, count it, read it together, consider it all joy. Or another translation says, count it pure joy, my brethren. When what? When you encounter various trials. Everybody say trials. Everybody said trials. Anybody going through a trial in your life? The Bible says, time to rejoice. Count it, not just joy. My Bible says, count it pure joy. Which means when you go through a trial, it's time for you to just get happy about it. I know your emotions don't line up, but your emotions can't t- doesn't tell you to be happy, but your faith tells you to be happy. Why? If you're going through that, the Bible says, verse 3, For, read that together, for knowing that the testing of your faith produces, which means if you said you're going through a trial, it's going to produce something, the Bible says. Hallelujah. We must have the mindset that if the devil throws something against us, God knows how to produce something good out of that. Amen. God knows that if you're going through hellfire, something is going to be produced out of that. If you're going through pain, something is going to be produced out of that. If you're going through financial challenges, something is going to be produced out of that. Whatever you go through, the testing of your faith produces endurance. Look at verse 4. It says, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be, come on, that you might be perfect and complete Lacking in everybody that lifted your hands and said, I'm going through a trial. The Lord has given you the end result of what that trial should produce. It will make you mature and complete. Lacking no good thing. Hallelujah. The testing of your faith begins to produce something. Hallelujah. Whenever you, that's why the Bible is saying, if you ever land up in a test, you got to hang in there and say, bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. Because it is going to produce something in my life. It's going to bring, produce the fruit of the faith, the fruit of the righteousness that God is bringing into our life. Now, when people go through a difficult season or the testing of their faith, the problem is many people try to put a reason to that. They say, is it because of the sin that I did that I'm going through this difficult time? Maybe I did something wrong. Well, maybe you and I did. But oftentimes people are wondering, am I going through this difficulty because of my sin? John's Gospel 9 You don't have to tell them one day Jesus was, they asked Jesus, you see this blind man? I said, yes. Is he blind because of his sin or his father's sin? Man wants to pin the problem on somebody. They want to piggy bank somebody and say, you are the reason. Your grandfather's grandfather did something and that was the reason. I do know curses do exist. I do know generational curses are there. But I want you to know for a child of God, we can live above these things. Amen. There might be a storm, but if you are an eagle, you know how to fly above that storm. You have a faith in your heart that is of another kind. That faith is not faith in the circumstance. That faith is I know who I believed. The faith is I know what kind of problem I'm going through. No, that's not the faith. The faith is I know who I have put my trust in. So they were asking, is this this problem we are going through because of my sin? Or is this problem we're going through? Is it because of the sin of our fathers? Jesus looked at them and Jesus said, no, 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 I want you to understand something. It is not because of your sin. It's not because of your father's sin that this man is blind. This man is blind because through this, there is going to be a glory for God. The testing of our faith brings glory to God. Let me change those words for you. The testing of how strong and clear one in whom I have believed brings glory to God. God wants to test who we have put our faith in. And when that testing happens, the Bible says, it says says, there is a doxa. There is a weight of glory. Everybody say weight of glory. When our faith is tested, there is a weight of glory that comes upon our life. There is a weight of glory, the truth. Why? Because this testing, when we are tested, it reveals not whether God is true. It reveals who we are. Oh, come on now. Oh, you didn't like that one. I know. Uh, Ouch, pastor, that hurt. Faith doesn't prove anything about God, whether God can be trusted or not. Faith really proves what we have believed in. When I say what we have believed in, the question is, how much I have heard the principles of God, how much I have received the principles of God, and how much I have exercised the principles of God. I didn't allow it to be dead faith. Everybody say, heard, received, and exercised. Say it again, heard, received, and exercised. So when we say, do I have faith? The question is not whether God came through or not. The question is, did I hear, did I receive it? And did I exercise it? Now, some people think, if I exercise it, then God will give me what I ask. No, listen to me. The Bible does it. There is no such thing. The Bible says, I know that through faith you can possess, but faith is not about possession. Faith is much greater. Faith is saying, I know whom I have believed. For in all things that we are more than conquerors, it actually reveals our nature. What else does faith, what does it, what does this testing do? Some people think testing is because of demonic activity in our life. Or because the devil is causing all of that. Now listen, make no mistake, demonic activity is real. Satan wants to attack us. The Bible says he sends fiery darts against you. He plans schemes against you. He wants to destroy your life and your family and all of that. Satan wants to do it. But I want you to know everything in your life and my life is not because of the devil. In fact, I think we have... We have made him responsible for more things than, than he's actually responsible. I shared the story in the morning service about, you know, one day uh, this, uh, there was a man who was laying down by a well. You know, these wells we have in the countryside without a wall. A well is dug and there's no wall around it. And so this guy was walking by. When dinner, he was, when this guy was sleeping over there. And I presume he was a Malayali guy. All right, you know, Kerala guy. And this guy was sleeping over there. His name was Chaco. And while, this, while the Satan was passing by, Chaco was lying down just next to the well. Satan looked at it. Satan got upset. Said He goes to Chaco and says, excuse me, Chaco. Can you please lie a little far away? Because by mistake, if you fall in the well, they will all say, I pushed you in. I didn't have anything to do with this. Trust me. You know, we want to... We want to hitch everything on the devil's back, even though the devil is responsible for the fallen world. But not everything or every testing in our life is from the devil. Some of the challenges you go through and I go through in our life is because we opened our big mouth. If we had just kept our mouth shut, we wouldn't have gone through that challenge. I don't know why they're all against me. Because you opened your mouth. You know, that there are times in our life we have to be silent. When we are supposed to speak out in faith, we are silent, full of unbelief. (laughs) And when we are supposed to be silent and hold our faith, that time we speak up, I don't know why God is doing this to me. And we attribute either to God or to the devil every challenge that we're going on in our life. If you look in the life of Joseph, in Genesis chapter 37, there was this person called Joseph and his life was going through hellfire. What was his problem about? His problem was about a dream that he had. Everybody said dream. See, Joseph's father loved him. Father showed him favor. Say favor. favor. Now, your faith brings you favor. Joseph's father, Jacob, had favor towards him. And his other brothers didn't like him. Now, the problem was Joseph wasn't the problem. God's favor was the problem. Every time we think a problem came to our life, we say, oh, my business is going through a big problem. I need millions of rupees to pay off at this point. You know why you are at this place where you need millions of rupees? Because there was favor upon your life to have grown into that kind of a business. Some people say, pastor, My people in my family, they're all all fighting over the property. Tell my brothers to give me my property. Then they say, I'm having so much problem in my family. Hey, wait a minute. You have problem in your family because God showed you favor that you are born in a family with some property. Imagine if you you were born in a home with no property, you'd have no problems. Think about it. So your problem came because favor. Shout it out loud, please favor. Oh, I don't know. We are going through this challenging time. I don't know. I don't know why I'm having difficulty in marriage. Because the Bible says, he who finds a wife, finds a good thing and receives a favor from the Lord. Why am I having challenge in marriage? Because God showed you favor to get married. Imagine if you were not married. How lonely. Do you know? Statistics show That married men live longer than single men. Hallelujah. Do you know statistics show that married men are actually happier than single men? I know some of you are looking at me, Pastor, where do you get your statistics from? (laughs) Nobody asked me, Pastor. Why why was I not part of that, that, that research? But I want you to know, the truth is, even though marriage has trouble, the truth is, married people, if you do it right, you know, marriage, it, it, it makes you happy if you do it wrong. Like they say. Now you've got to do it right. See, problems come because God is showing you favor. How many are in problem today? I want you to know if you are in trouble, if you are in a problem, God wants to reveal his glory. Hallelujah. The testing of your faith is because he wants to reveal glory. One day God showed up in Joseph's life. And and Joseph had a dream and his father loved him. And when father said, you know, I want to give him a multicolored robe. (laughs) Joseph was in the problem. The multicolored robe was the problem. The father's favor was the problem. He put on this robe and now his brothers hated him. His brothers hated him because he got a robe. Joseph had nothing to do with it. He had nothing to do with it except that. He so happened to be favored. And so others hated him because God favored him. Hallelujah. He put on this robe. His brothers looked at him and said, oh, what's with this guy? The Bible says that they hated him. And they could not speak to him on friendly terms. If somebody ain't speaking to you, either because you've been opening a mouth and saying the wrong things, or because God's favor is on you. They can't handle the fact that God's favored you. They don't like the fact, why is it that I am going through all this trouble and they don't have any problems? The Bible says, when his brothers hated him, the Bible says, listen to this carefully. Joseph had a dream. Mm. When you go through challenging times, when people hate you, they don't like you, they're fighting you. They're talking all kinds of lies about you. They're speaking evil. they say, slandering you. That is the time for you to have a dream. The Bible says Joseph had a dream. And when Joseph had a dream, he went and told his brothers, and they hated him even more. Hallelujah. Now you thought, if I have a dream and I go tell them, you know what? You're all just going to love me, and I'm going to be the leader and all that. And you think they're all thinking, oh, wow, God said that? Brother, we love you. The Bible says Joseph had a dream, and he went and told the brothers, and the brothers hated him. Everybody say hated they hated him more, they hated him first because of his cloak. Now they hated him more because of his dream. And the Bible says, when they hated him more because of his dream, the Bible says in Genesis 37 and verse 9. I want you to look at, I want you to read that out because this soak it in. Genesis 37, verse 9. The Bible says, like this. Go ahead. What does it say? Now he dreamt yet another dream. Hallelujah. When they hate you, dream another dream. When they speak against you, dream your next dream for God. Hallelujah. When they lie about you, dream your next dream for God. When you're going through the fiery trials, that's not the time to cry. That's the time to dream for God. Hallelujah. It's a time to dream for God. Because the moment you're going through fiery trials, you need to jump back into James chapter 1 and say, hey, wait a minute. Why is somebody going through trial? Because the testing of your faith is going to bring perseverance. And when you're mature and complete, not lacking anything. So if you ever go, because God wants to reveal a glory, that's the time for you to dream another dream. Joseph dreamt another dream. <laughs> when he dreamt another dream, They picked him up and they sold him to the Egyptians. (laughs) But when that dream happened, you thought, with my next dream, (laughs) you just see what God is going to do. God allowed him to get picked up and sold to the Egyptians. You can just imagine he's going through that phase and he's sold to the Egyptians and, and now he lands up in Potiphar's house. Potiphar buys him out, takes him home, and Joseph's favor continues on him. See, the problem is many times people think that if I have been, my reputation is being destroyed, I have lost everything. That's not true. You haven't lost your faith. It doesn't matter what you lost. You should only fear the day you lose your faith. Because if you have your faith, faith one more time will bring favor. Amen. Your faith begins to bring that favor into your life. He just got sold and Potiphar bought him and Potiphar brought him home. And By the way, Potiphar is not the woman. Potiphar is the husband. <laughs> Potiphar brought him home and, and put him on top of everything. Why? Because favor, faith was in him. Faith is not what he possessed. Faith is not in your possessions or what you can possess. Faith is in who you have believed. You can be sold as a slave to Egypt, but you will walk into Egypt and say, Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. You walk into that place where people are against you and you will look at them. They are putting a price for your slavery. You are looking around and saying, I have arrived into the place of God's favor. Amen. Favor ain't fair, (laughs) but I can live with it. A lot of times in life I've been through circumstances where I have wept and I felt I couldn't make it through the night. I said, God, I don't know why you're allowing me to go through this. God, why, Lord? Why? Why? Until I realized it's not because of my sin or somebody. God wanted to bring our glory. And he wanted to release favor upon our life. Potiphar gives him everything. He lands up in the house. And he's in charge of everything. In fact, there's a beautiful thing that I want to show you. Genesis 37, on the journey to, to Egypt, when he's going, the brothers, in fact, b- b- when his brothers had gone to a place uh, feeding the flock, Joseph goes after them. He goes after them because daddy asked him, can you go check up where my brothers are? He goes and lands up and is faithful in the season of favor. He was faithful to love the people that hated him. Genesis 37, verse 19, the Bible says, and they here comes this dreamer. They made fun of him. Here comes this dreamer. And they said, let us kill him. Let us throw him into, you know, to the wild beasts. And let's see what will come of his dream. They not only hated him, they were now planning to kill him. When f- favor comes upon your life, the devil not only hates you because you have favor, he wants to somehow see he can kill you. Hallelujah. I love it. Well, Bishop T.D. Jake says like this. He says like this. He said, Satan, you should have killed me when you could have. Because right now, it's too late. Amen. Hallelujah. Why is it too late? Because I got faith in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That faith is knowing whom I have believed. That I know that it is too late for the devil now. They said, let's see what will come of his dreams. And they pick him up. But Reuben stands in the way. They throw him in a prison. And they strip Joseph his tunic. And they took him and threw him in a pit. And the pit was empty. And they sat down and they were eating. Look at verse 25. We don't realize in the midst of our deepest pain, when faith is there, God is working. Amen. Look at somebody say, God is working. That's the truth. But when God is working, you are in the pit. And all you can see around is pit. And you can sit there and cry. and I don't know why God allows me to go through this. I don't know why. Because your faith depends on, your, your vision will get affected by your faith. If you have faith, you can sit inside a pit and you can say, I know I'm in a pit. But it's only a matter of time. Hallelujah. I know I'm in this hole, but it's only a matter of time. I know I'm in this difficult circumstance, but it's only a matter of time. Or you can be in that pit and your vision gets affected by your lack of faith. You say, oh, those brothers, they destroyed my life. They took my property. They tried to do everything. While this is going on, verse 25, look at this. Then they sat down to eat a meal. Read it with me. And as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh. I don't know if you see something in there. A bunch of Ishmaelites carrying the balm of Gilead. Oh, come on now. Hallelujah. Who's the balm of Gilead? Come on, who's the bar Gilead? They did not know that when they put a price on him, on Joseph, who's a type of Jesus, they put a price on him and sold him to the Ishmaelites, to the Egyptians. They did not know they were sending him. They thought they were selling him away, but they did not know in the midst of his slavery, they were sending Jesus with him. Come on now. You think you're alone. You think you're sold to the Ishmaelites. But God says, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. You walk through the fire, it shall not not burn you. It shall not scorch you. Many times we look at the fire and the water and we say, God, where are you? He's right there. He's right there. Because when you look in the Bible, the way the Bible says, and he took them, the Ishmaelites, bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh. If you look, I have no time to take you through the meanings of those words. There are a lot of prophetic significance in those words in myrrh. Myrrh is actually prophetic prayer. Balm is the healing of God. He, He literally took Joseph with the balm of Gilead, leading him as a prophetic man, seeing that as he was going, that God had planned something greater in that situation. He goes out there and he takes him out and he goes there and they sell him to the Ishmaelites. And he lands up over there, Potiphar picks him up and Potiphar goes back and takes him home. At his home, God lifts him up. God lifts him up in such a way that now only Potiphar's wife was there between uh, Joseph and everything else that Potiphar owned. In Genesis chapter 39, I want you to look at verse 2. He is in slavery, but look what God calls him. Come on, read it together. And the Lord was with Joseph. He became what? Since when do slaves are called successes? Hmm. The Bible says he was in slavery, but God was with him. Success is not what you see on the outside. Success is who you have with you. Amen. He was a slave. He he had nothing of himself. He was just slaving for somebody else. And God calls him, that's my success story. Why? How did Joseph become a success? Because God is saying, come on, Gabriel. So far, so good. This plan is on track. Joseph is in the right place. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And the Bible says, Joseph's uh, master's wife, Potiphar, desired him. And he looked at, she looked at her and it took him in the room and said, I want to sleep with you. And, and Potiphar's wife, you know, was trying to hurt him. And Joseph said, no, how can I do this? He said, I cannot do this. I cannot allow anything to come between me and my master. And his wife takes a hold of him and he leaves his tunic behind and runs out of the room. And she slanders him and says, this man has cheated me and he tried to violate me. They grab him and pick him up. And the Bible says they put him in prison. Everybody say prison. See, the problem is we think prison is a place of failure. But prison was Joseph's place of positioning. Amen. Prison was Joseph's place of positioning. Why? This will blow your mind. Some of you haven't seen this. The Bible says, Joseph was picked up. And look, and what God does, look at chapter 40. Uh, in fact, no, just before that, He look at verse um, in, in 39. And the Bible says in verse 21. But the Lord was with. 20, verse 20, 37, 20, 20, read that. So Joseph's master took him and put him in jail. Which jail? The place where the king's prisoners were confined and he was there in that jail. Now what the Lord did is, he took Joseph and put him in the place in the prison where the king's prisoners were. Of the, in fact, it says, the Lord was with Joseph, extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of chief jailer. Look at that. Everywhere he went, he found favor. In verse 4 of 39, the Bible says, look at this, look at this. Verse 4, it says, read it. So Joseph found favor. Amen. 21, what does it say? Verse 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph and gave him Favor. Everywhere Joseph went, all he had was faith. But if you got faith, you have favor. That God is with you. He stands there in that favor. And the chief jailer committed everything in Joseph's charge. All the prisoners were in jail. So that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. Now, this is a very interesting situation. Because verse chapter 40 and verse 4. Uh, verse, in fact, I want to read from verse 2 onwards. Now, Pharaoh was furious with two officials. And the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. You know this story, don't you? And it says, so he put them in confinement. Confinement, where? In the house of the bodyguard. Who was the captain of the bodyguard? Potiphar was the captain of the bodyguard. So now the cupbearer and the baker are arrested and put in the house of the captain of the bodyguard, which means they're put in a prison in Potiphar's house. Now, wait a minute. In that prison, the Bible says, Joseph was there. And in fact, not only was Joseph there, he was now in charge of that prison. Even though he was a prisoner, he was in charge of that prison. So where was Joseph put? He was actually arrested and put within the house of Potiphar. In that house compound was a prison. Little before that, Joseph was in charge of everything, including the prison. And Joseph was put in the same prison which he was in charge of. Mm, Sometimes, when we go through situations, we think in our life, you know what, I've been in charge of that. And then you suddenly find yourself demoted. You find yourself removed from a place of influence. You find yourself, people slandering you, putting you down. And the prison that you are in charge of, now you are a prisoner in that prison. And God lifts him up. The jailer of that prison, do you realize that a little while ago, that jailer used to report to Joseph? Because everything Potiphar took care of was under Joseph, including the prison. Now the jailer who reported to Joseph has now arrested Joseph and put Joseph in prison. And the Bible says Joseph found favor. And the Bible says God lifted him up, And Joseph was arrested and kept in the prison in Potiphar's house. Now I am an imaginative Bible reader. So he was there for 13 years. How long? From age 17 to age 30. In those 13 years, I am just imagining, since it's in the same house, I'm imagining Mrs. Potiphar coming to the prison. And she's saying, you don't know what opportunity you had. You've been a fool. When you go through hard times, Mrs. Potiphar will visit you. All the Mrs. Potiphar's of your life will come and tell you, you had an opportunity. You've been a fool. You shouldn't have. You should have just allowed that one thing. It's not so bad. God knows to forgive. You should have just agreed. You should have. And Joseph would have stood there and he would have stood his ground. But years go by. Everybody say favor. Say it again. Favor. Years go by. If you lose everything and you have your faith, you cannot lose your favor with God. God begins to work something in your life. Joseph comes to a place that 13 years later, one day a cupbearer and a baker land up in the prison with him and Joseph dreams another dream. I want you to know something. You may have gone into the pit and prison because of your dream. Don't stop dreaming. Your deliverance is in your next dream. Amen. Your deliverance is in your next dream. Come on. Tap somebody and say, don't stop dreaming. Come on. Come on. Look at somebody and say, dream your next dream for God. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. Some people think, I believed God. I prayed. I fasted. I did everything. I did the formula. Why am I still going through? Because God has another dream for you. It's been 17 years or 13 years, Lord. Why are you allowing me to go? Because God has another dream for you. Don't stop dreaming. That dream of God. When you go through that situation, you feel like stopping that dream. And the Bible says, in the master's house, he dreamt that dream. And at that time, when he has a dream, the Bible says that these two are in there. The Bible says that the cupbearer was restored and the baker was hanged. About two years later, the baker has another dream. I mean, the cupbearer cup is standing there before Pharaoh, I'm sorry, and Joseph has another dream. And when he has, uh, Pharaoh has another dream and Joseph, the cupbearer tells Pharaoh, you know what, I know of somebody who knows how to interpret dreams. And he shares that story. Your moment of favor is not always at the point you think. Your moment of favor is, sometimes you think, if I could have a job in the prison, in the, in the, in the palace, I'd find favor. I want you to know, his moment of favor was not in the palace. It was in the prison. The turning point was in Potiphar's house. Years go by, He interprets the dream. And Joseph begins to get lifted up. Pharaoh picks him up and makes him a healing and an answer to to his famine in the land. And one day Pharaoh says, I want to make him a prime minister. I have no time to show you some things, but you know what? Pharaoh says, give him my bodyguard. Put him on the royal chariot. And let my bodyguard be his bodyguard. Now, guess who's Joseph's bodyguard? Potiphar. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I can handle favor. Come on. I can handle favor. Amen. It may be 13 years later, but we still have favor. Potiphar becomes Joseph's bodyguard. I am just thinking what's going through Mrs. Potiphar's mind. Hallelujah. She's saying, I don't want to have any, I want to hide, I want to die. I don't want to even be anywhere near near Joseph. Joseph was in this situation. Your faith is only as strong as the test it goes through. It may be 13 years that you're going through it. But your faith, it, it is the prerequisite of God trusting you. Amen. Everybody said trust. Do you know that God needs to test you before he trusts you? Some people say, no, 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 God trusts everybody. No, that's not true. God doesn't trust everybody. God believes in everybody. But he trusts those he's tested. God believes in you. God believes you have a great future. God believes you're a powerful person. But he will trust those whom he's tested. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And he was led by the Holy Ghost into the wilderness. If you are in a place where you are led by the Holy Ghost to go into the wilderness, I want you to know, God did not even test, did not trust Jesus without testing him. The Holy Ghost came on him and he sent him for testing. If God tested Jesus, come on now, stop asking why are you doing this to me, Lord. Because God wants you to be a great deliverer. Look at somebody and say, I'm a deliverer. Come on. Hallelujah. Ah, say it like you believe it. I'm a deliverer. That's right. That's who you are. You are a deliverer. You are God's deliverer. You are God's deliverer because God wants to trust you. He wants you to handle pressures. He wants you to handle problems. He wants you to come forth and break out through that challenge because the Holy Ghost is with you. But I want you to know, the, the source of your faith will determine whether your faith will last. Many people put their faith on their pastor. They put their faith on the church. And so when the pastor lets them down, the faith goes. They say, I don't want this Jesus. They, they wanted Jesus because of the pastor or because of the church or because of this or because of that. I mean, they put their faith on, on the pastor. And I want you to know this faith, well, you, the source of your faith will tell you how long your faith will last. Hmm. If your faith was because of your believing wife, or your faith was because of your believing husband, when your husband or wife lets you down, your faith will go. Your faith is on the church that taught you God's word, and and the, the moment they offend you, your faith will go. You can't. The object of your faith will determine the lasting of your faith. If your faith is on miracles, If your faith is on miracles, the day you saw a miracle, you say, I want to worship Jesus because He healed me. What will happen to you the next time you look for a healing and it doesn't happen? What will happen to your faith? Look at somebody and say, I'm a deliverer. Come on. What will happen to your faith when God doesn't answer prayer the next time? What will happen to your faith? That is why the source of your faith will have to be God. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. When you speak faith from your mouth, what comes out of your mouth, your faith has a confession. Which means if I listen to what you're saying, I know who you believe. But sometimes if we confess it, it will be tested. You said, why am I going through this problem? Because you sang on one Sunday, all things are possible. And Gabriel says, Jesus, did you hear that? Jesus said, I've been hearing all of that. <laughs> Nothing is impossible for you. <laughs> oh, okay. And you're wondering, why am I in trouble? Your mouth got you there. Because if you say it, God will test it. Hallelujah. God doesn't, now some of you think, but if that's the case, I'm not going to say it. I am not going to say one statement of faith anymore. If you don't say it, the Bible says it will become dead faith, unexercised faith. I rather have the testing of my faith than having dead, unreleased faith in my life. Amen. Amen. Bring it on, Jesus. Bring it on. We can handle it. Why? Because if ever this testing comes, I'm going to come out stronger on the other side. God talks to you privately, but tests you publicly. I've always wondered why Gabriel came to Mary privately, came to Joseph privately. Gabriel, this Gabi is a private fellow. The things God speaks to you, he speaks to you in the privacy of your time with him but he tests you in public eye. He builds your faith. He wants to know if you can handle it. Believing God is not a guarantee of an immediate answer. Believing God is a guarantee of a sure testing. you got to stand up. Peter one day stood up and said, Lord, even if anybody forsakes you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, oh, 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 Peter. You just got yourself into a test. If you had kept your mouth shut, your faith would be dead. But you spoke what your faith was. Now it will be tested. He looked at Peter and said, Peter. He said, Peter. He said, Satan has chosen to sift you. But I have prayed for you. Do you know Jesus did not pray that Satan will go away? In our In our part of the world, we pray, God, I bind that devil. Take that devil out of the situation. No, no, devil is a key player in your faith. If you take it out, there is no faith. What about the things he's throwing at you? the pressures that you're building in your home the financial challenges the the things that your family has spoken against you what about the lack of finances and what about the problems and the and, and and all the all the all the trouble that came with the people that came into your life that is an essential part of your faith Jesus did not pray gee God please can you take Satan away from Peter you know what God said Peter Satan is asked to test you you know he wants to put you through this trial I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Amen. The only thing Jesus did is not asking for a miracle. He asked for his faith to become stronger. He thought that this faith must not fail. And then he says, Peter, after you return, I got work for you. Strengthen your brethren. God did not entrust Peter because God just liked Peter. He entrusted Peter because Peter came through the test. Even though he failed, even though he fell down, even though the bigger the test you go through, the greater the the plan that God has for your life. The faith did not go during Stephen's stoning. Faith did not go during David's exile. Faith did not go during Daniel's captivity in the lion's den. Faith did not go while Joseph was put in the prison. And Potiphar's wife tried to destroy him. Their faith did not go when John was put in a pot of boiling oil. His faith did not go. Faith did not go when Thomas was speared to death. Faith did not go when all the disciples one by one lost their life. The Bible says they became stronger in their faith. Because your faith lives on after you. After long, you're long gone your faith lives on. Hallelujah. Let me close with this. Joseph came to a place in his life where God lifted him up. And the Bible says he became the number two in all of Egypt. And then one day his brothers came for food. By now, favor was on him. And God lifted him up and he looked at the brothers and he said something like this. He said, what, 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 you intended for evil, you, you fellows. See, that's our problem. All we can see are the problem around us. You people, you are responsible. Many of us, we are so ungodly in immediately attributing. The problem is because of this person and that person and that pastor and that leader and that problem. We just want to pin the problem on somebody. And some of us, as oh, my husband is my wife is my. That's the problem. And God, God has a far higher storyline. Joseph says. What you intended for evil, God turned it around for good. I've been in church long enough to see testimonies. You know, for many years I was part of a church where every Sunday you will open up for testimonies. People would come up front and say, I was going through difficult times, and those believers they all tried to trouble me. But God, my God, and they cry, my God, He came for me. Even though many of you were not there for me in my deepest problem, my God. And they're crying and then half of us are crying with them. <laughs> oh, what a faithful God. What a faithful God. And Joseph's, all Joseph could see was how his brothers said, you fellows, what you plan for evil, God, 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 God. God. But God had another take. You know what was God's take? Psalm 105, verse 16 and 17. We often think we know what God is thinking. But look at Psalm 105, 16, and 17. Read it together. And he called for a famine upon the land. Who called for a famine? God called for a famine. Who was responsible for that famine? God. God called for a famine. God was positioning. Hallelujah. There are things in your life. Some famines are positioned. Some portifers are positioned. Some problems are positioned. He called for a famine in the land. And he broke the whole staff of Bread, before the famine came, long before the famine came, 13 years before the famine, look what God did. Verse 17, he sent a man before them, Joseph. Read that again. What does it say? He sent a man. Joseph said, you brothers, you send me here. God said, I sent you there. Many times we say, Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus, only you were there. And all these fellows. Jesus is saying, Gaby, let him keep crying. He doesn't know. It's, he doesn't know it's us. Hallelujah. God sent a man ahead of his brothers. Amen. You know why you've gone through the trouble? God sent you. So that there can be great glory revealed. Joseph's life became a revelation of God's glory. When you're going through your fire today, when you're going through your problem, you're going through your persecution, I want you to come through that fire. Not because of God's deliverance, but because of who you have believed. When you come out of that fire or beaten up and fought and staggering through that fire, You come out and you stand before them and say, I still believe. Amen. Still believe. Come on, look at somebody and say that. I still believe. I still believe. Amen. I still believe. Faith is not what you... Faith is who you have put your trust in. And he who you have believed in is faithful. Father, we want to thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. For I know the one whom I have believed. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you for favor. Go ahead, open your mouth. Thank God for favor. Oh, you may be in a position of a fiery trial. You're there because of favor today. Kola Shanda. Begin to open your mouth And thank God for that Let your faith manifest itself Let there be a confession of your faith today Let there be a releasing of your faith today Let there be a manifesting of your faith today You're standing there and saying God, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil because you are with me Hallelujah Oh, there's going to be a manifestation of our faith. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you thank you, that there is a church full of deliverers here today this morning. I thank you. We are taking our eyes off people. We are taking the eyes of blaming people. We are taking the eyes of accusing people. We are not going to do that. We are going to stand there and say, the testing of my faith is bringing perseverance. And when it is mature and complete, I will lack nothing. My leaders are not responsible. My enemies are not responsible. The financial markets are not responsible. My situations are not responsible. God is responsible for my faith. Father I thank you today you are taking responsibility. Hallelujah. And I want to thank you Jesus that God sent Joseph ahead of his brothers so that they can be a mighty deliverance in Israel. I want to pray for the people whose faith is being tested today. And it's our prayer after they're tested There will come great glory to your name. And we will come out, Lord, through that fire, and we will say, Lord, I believe. I know whom I believe. We give you the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you. Let's just worship the Lord together. Let's worship the Lord with our offerings, the information regarding.